Prison barber. Mother lover. Nearsighted gynecologist. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lying, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food, dude. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Jeff and Jen once again. Guys, welcome back. Thank you. Welcome. So, for this Hero Talk, we recently uh, lost uh, one of one of the finest actors that we've seen in our mm. generation, which was Robin Williams. And I really wanted to focus on getting a movie that would uh, truly honor his career and something that we could we could do. Now, also in this movie is Bob Hoskins, who's another Hero Talk favorite. And sort of to honor him, we, we had already recorded Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and we let that stand as yeah. sort of his dedication. But I wanted to do something like that for Robin Williams. And so I decided that we were going to do Hook. And that was a mistake. <laughs> this is not the right movie to honor his career. I realize that now. We have to find another Robin yes. Robin Williams movie now because we can't we can't let this one be the tribute. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is not a tribute, to Robin Williams. We will have a tribute to Robin Williams, uh, but this this is this is not that. This yeah, is, it should not be that. No. Yeah, this is this is not the tribute. Because we uh we are not going to be kind, I think. And I think it also stands it's it's worth mentioning, I feel, that uh this will end up being the Thanksgiving episode of Hero Talk. And this year I'm thankful I don't ever have to watch Hook Hook again. This is it. This was the one time I can put it to bed for life now. I'm done with Hook. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like, that's what I'm thankful for. Podcast over. Podcast done. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. N- enjoy your turkeys. No, uh, but I should say, now granted, this movie is uh, considerably old. It was. It's, what, 20 years old? 22 years old? It, yeah, something like 20, that. Almost 24 20, years 24 old. 24 years old, yeah. Years old. Okay, so this movie's quite old. Well, we will try to keep it to the topic at hand. Uh, anything is fair game. There is nothing off the table, so you've been warned. And also worth noting that Peter Pan is in the public domain, so... Honestly, yeah. like you really oh, have, you can't really cry spoiler at this point for much of anything. No. So I guess the weird thing about this is, as I just mentioned, Peter Pan is in the public domain. I, or at least I assume Peter Pan's in the public domain. I didn't actually look that up. That might be wrong, but since it, it was a Disney movie, I'm just presuming they just grabbed something out of the public domain like they always do. Uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of different source material that goes into a movie like this, and I think mm. a lot of people were probably very familiar with the Disney version of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also uh, a pretty popular series on Fox when I was growing up called Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And I I watched quite a bit of that show, which which I think tied more closely to the books. But it made a lot of changes sort of to how things were portrayed. They were trying to distance themselves from the uh, from the Disney version. Yeah. And then Disney has also since released a lot of kind of tangential lore stuff, uh, especially surrounding like Tinkerbell and her origins. And then there's this whole other side thing with Captain Hook and the Neverland Pirates. Uh, that's a, a show on Disney Junior that I do watch quite regularly. So I know quite a bit from there, or it's a little bit more jovial than this. And then the play in the book kind of did their own thing. So, and I think I saw a couple of uh, uh, other cartoon adaptions of the book. So, well, I can't recall much of the the details of that now. I believe at the time that I actually watched this in 91, saw this one in the theaters, by the way. Uh, at that point, I actually had so much pan lore knowledge from all the different sources that I was able to start picking out things that were, like, spot on. And now when I watch, like, I kind of can grab a little bit. Uh, but it was really weird for me because I know so much of Peter Pan... But it's just so little from a lot of different sources. So yeah. when I watch something like this, and I'm trying to like look at it, is in understanding I have to do a hero talk, and the CinemaSins took away about 90% of what I wanted to talk about anyway. <laughs> so I had this whole thing written up. I like I picked apart the baseball game piece by piece, and then CinemaSins did like two and a half minutes just on the baseball game. I'm like, well, I can't I can't use any of this now because now it's gonna look like I just watched them and ripped them off. So. <laughs> so once again, thank you, CinemaSins, for making my job harder. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's, that's where I, I came from. So it's it was very interesting in that, as near as I can tell and remember, uh, this movie follows its own lore. Yeah. Some, some of it is kind of like, I mean, Ca- Captain Hook looks straight out of the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, then some of it is like, in terms of the Lost Boys and what they did and, and how things ended, and it was, it, it got, 
a little confusing. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that there wasn't skateboards in J.M. Barry's original source material, for example. Likely yeah. not, no. Well, and there weren't as many Lost Boys in the original material. And then uh-huh. the Lost Boys that we were presented with were uh, predominantly created for the movie and weren't Lost Boys from the source material. Mm-hmm. I think the only Lost Boys that were actually in the source material that made it in this movie is one Toodles, of course, was a Lost Boy who did go home. And much like in the source material, he was he missed the adventure. Because that's that was kind of his thing. His yeah. adventure always seemed to happen when he wasn't around. And the twins, but the twins were like still in Neverland for some reason, which in in very few adaptions. It's like I think in Disney, the Lost Boys stayed in Neverland, but then yeah. in most adaptions, the Lost Boys went back. And in at least one adaption I've seen, Mister Smee also went back. <laughs> really? <laughs> to be a park uh, park janitor or whatever? <laughs> no, like he went to his mother or something, which was kind of weird. Um. I I don't know. It was so it it was a little bit confusing. So that's that's enough of me talking about Peter Pan. Uh, so let's talk to you guys. And I I think I want to start with Jeff because I, Jen's has the most interesting take on this movie, as is the formula whenever we do a hero talk. So Jeff. <laughs> Uh, had you seen this movie before, and what did you know about Peter Pan going in? I, I had, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I have some passing familiarity with the J.M. Barry source material, but I would have to say most of what I know about it, I know from the 50, I think it's 50s uh, Disney animated version. Um, everything, and, and that's why you know the look of Captain Hook, for example, looks so familiar here. It's, it's, it's got to be their primary source of inspiration. The red and white and black, everything about it. Um, you know, I, I, cert- I certainly knew that it was a, a stage play, you know, turn of the century, that it was very popular. I didn't have what you'd call any, uh, a te- great attachment to it. I knew some of the names. Um, but I, I didn't go in with high hopes because I'd kind of heard when I was younger that it was a bit of a mess. Um, mm-hmm. having not seen it in the theaters and it wouldn't have been at the thing, it wouldn't have, at the age I was when it came out, it wouldn't have appealed to me anyway. And, uh, I did not enjoy this. In fact, about two thirds of the way through the film, I started asking questions as to whose idea this was and who I should get angry <laughs> at. I, I, I needed to blame someone. Because I, I was just, I was praying for this thing to end. And I made the mistake, and I'm sure you do this too, Greg. Jen, Jen is good at not doing this, but I do this all the time. <laughs> I look at the runtime before the, the thing starts. Oh gosh, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. that here, and I, I was just praying for this. It started slowly, it finished slowly, and I, I'm, I'm not fond. And I, and normally big casts of lots of talented people tend to, you know, to me, I, I like a lot of films like that, but this, in this one, I don't really think anybody here has got anything to write home about. In it terms was, of performances. yeah. And let me let me just talk about the opening. Like, how long was it into this movie before oh we even made it to Neverland? Oh I want to say it was like at least a half hour to forty minutes before we even yeah. saw Neverland. Yeah. For the first time. Um, yeah. Which was weird because so I when when they showed Neverland, they had that one shot where Peter like looks out over Neverland, and so I paused it to see if I'd recognize it, and mm. I recognized part of it. Uh, there's, there was, I re- remember seeing Belch Mountain. I don't know if they actually call it Belch Mountain, but on Jake and the Neverland Pirates, it's called Belch Mountain. I did not see, uh, Skull Rock, which was kind of weird, because I really thought that was from the source material. So that might have been just a <laughs> Disney fabrication. Uh, other than that, kind of looked like Neverland. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the look and feel, I, I don't know how much you can actually, you know, say that this stuff came from you know, the source material or not, because I, mm-hmm. I don't really know to what extent they, they continually went out and described, like, what Captain Hook looked like or what Mr. Smee looked yeah. like and stuff like that, you know? I mean, a part of me assumes that a lot of the look that people have in their minds of what these characters look like comes from Disney. For all I know, there were animation. sorry, there were... Um, drawings in the original novel children's novel perhaps that inform a lot of that uh, i i don't know but uh, you know everything looks right to me uh like I, I don't it's not glaring uh what like the look of everything but it the feel of everything on the other hand was, yeah i mean everything looked there. looked great i mean when when mr smee shows up you know that's mr smee there's no question in your mind yeah. like, oh that's mr smee and i mean obviously when we first see hook in what i was going to say should have been the opening scene but then cinema said it so now I can't say that, but it's still true, and screw you, CinemaSins. Um, you know, in the first scene, when we're finally introduced to Hook, like, after seeing all these mm-hmm. indications of Hook and the stupid Hook-shaped, and uh, I'm, you know, all these little winky nods in this movie really uh, started yeah. to get me fed up, including Pan Air. You remember Pan Air? Get it? Yeah. Get it? Because it's Pan. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-oh. You're going to fly, Peter. He's afraid to fly. Get it? Get it? He's afraid to fly. Oh, look. If, if you look deeper, and God help you if you do, but if you look deeper, there's some subtle – like, for instance, the, 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 the Peter's living in San Francisco. So he goes from Neverland, this faraway magical place that lives outside of reality, and lives his adult, his adult life in this faraway magical land that lives outside yeah. of reality. So there's parallels <laughs> there too. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then there's the overt stuff like that and the latch as well. It's, it's there. And all those coworkers, like, don't would they? What do they say? Something like, "Don't let your arms get tired." Oh my god! <laughs> did, did they really have like an old-fashioned Wild West draw with their cell phones? Who does that? It was that was terrible. I mean, like, and get, get bearing in mind that this is why he's not seeing his kids' baseball game now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go on the Disney dad rant here, and I'm not the first person <laughs> to say that, nor am I the first person with a podcast to say it. But I agree with it, and I think it needs to be said. Is you know, when somebody's working their butt off and trying to make money to support their family, let's not pretend that they're a bad dad because they missed a baseball game. However, when you miss the baseball game because you're goofing around with your friends, doing old-fashioned <laughs> Wild West cell phone draws, and you send some dude there in order to see the play and he only sees the very last play and you promised him all kinds of stuff but you didn't make it then that's a bad dad and when you go extreme like that now bear in mind you're not making me sympathetic to the character first of all and now he's he's so far into the bad dad realm but like (laughs) like not the real bad dad like doesn't abuse his kids just just kind of isn't there for him and it's just it really annoys me so it it just it's a it's a poor portrayal trying to get me on board with the fact that he has a ways to go to gain some ground, but mm-hmm. you know, he is—he is still providing for his kids, and they still—and even if he was there, he was just going to see Jack strike out because apparently Jack can't hit a curveball, um, <laughs> which makes me like—I mean, just can't hit a curveball. Like they—they they don't even try to play it off like, oh, he has trouble with it, or he's got a poor percentage. He just can't do it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's let's move on to Jen. Jen, okay. have you seen this movie before? <laughs> and what do you know of Peter Pan? I had not seen it before. The first time I ever watched it was today. Yay, Hero Talk. Yes. I blame you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thank you. <laughs> um, Another life as, touch. By <laughs> as far as Peter Pan, I really all I knew was the Disney movie. I mean, like Jeff said, you know, that's that was basically my introduction. I never read any kind of source material. I just watched the Disney movie. But it always felt pretty complete to me, so I never really felt the need to kind of fish out more about it or to read it or whatever. But, you know, I love the cartoon. Um, as far as the movie, I, I mean, I don't even know where to start, and I know we'll cover all these different topics. But, you know, to talk – like how you mentioned about um, him basically being portrayed not just as like a forgetful dad or a dad who works too much – they they really made him look really, really bad, and that was bothering me a lot because, you know, like you said, if he was mm. just a workaholic, they should have just had him sitting in his office working hard, trying to make – you know, trying to finish in time and then look at the clock and be like, oh, my God, I'm late, and then rush out of the office to go to the game, and then he misses it because then you kind of feel bad for him. Like he's working really hard to provide for his family. He lost track of time. Yeah, not – he's goofing around with his cell phone. I don't know. That bothered me too. But um, earlier you guys already mentioned how it looked, like Neverland. I didn't really like it. I didn't really like a lot of the um, set design or like the Lost Boys to me. When I think of them, I think of really cute little like animal costumes. I mean, if you look at the Disney movie, they're like adorable little boys that don't want to grow up. And one looks like a skunk and one looks like a bear. And it's (laughs) so cute and cuddly. And I kind of wish they had kept a little bit of that because it's very endearing. To me, the Lost Boys got under my skin, and I don't know why, but they were all driving me nuts the whole time. Well, so close, I just have to get that out there because you guys closer were to the to the source material. The Lost Boys weren't supposed to be cute; they were actually. But I like that they're cute. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that's what you have to remember going in is that like people walked in basically just knowing the Peter Pan cartoon, the Disney cartoon. So yeah. you can't always get well closer to the source material. It's like people don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's the thing. Is, in it knowing the Disney one, yeah. Yeah, people knew the Disney one. They, they they had no real knowledge of this whole like, oh, Peter did horrible things, and he. I mean, it. And Peter cuts off Hook's hand and feeds it to TikTok Croc. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we just talk about TikTok Croc for a second? I know we haven't even yes. talked about the cast, but so <laughs> TikTok Croc was killed and stuffed. 
and they put a big giant clock in his mouth for some reason. Yeah. Which is kind of odd given that he doesn't like the ticking, but she doesn't like the ticking because of TikTok Croc. So... This is him owning it. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm just going to overcome it by playing into this. Yeah, dude. and he smashes clocks. So that, I mean, okay, so we're just going to accept the weirdness of that, even though that was stupid. And it was stupid and stupid. But, um, <laughs> oh, so stupid. <laughs> At the end, when TikTok kind of wakes up, he wasn't animated. He didn't actually come back to life. He wasn't breathing, yeah. He just kind of fell on hook, and then a bunch of smoke came out, and then the inanimate statue stuffed croc burped. Yeah. <laughs> Am I really supposed to believe that, that uh, the croc Yeah, long hook? dead and stuffed. Yeah. It was... Yeah. That was, it was uh, basically it ended on a big old what? Come on! Yeah, which I think for this movie is about par for course. I mean, yeah. I, if, if it had had some sort of epic conclusion, it would have been ill-fitting, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just they, they it had high aspirations, but Steven Spielberg, man, <sighs> Spielberg's—he's a hit or a miss guy. He really is. Yeah, it's yeah, either spot much. on or it's just. It's it's just a mess, and this was a mess. <laughs> well, look, and he he should have known better. He jumped off the production. Uh, he jumped off the production early on when it was in development, and then he got back onto it when I think Disney exited really? stage left. So there he you know he he had history with this production, and mm. you know got got through to pre production apparently, and then uh, five six years later under TriStar it, yeah. it happened. Um, right. There were just so many weird things, like the whole merge maids kissing him thing just came back to me it really it really felt like they were just sitting there like well we have to somehow work the mermaids into this story somehow it just felt like a bizarro orgy under the sea like what's going on well yeah it was a weird way to introduce the mermaids just to have them keep peter because basically everyone kind of thought he was dead right like yeah they're like "Eh, oh well he's dead i mean tinkerbell went back to the lost boys home why is she still hanging out with the Lost Boys? I don't know. You would think Peter's been gone for, what, some 40-some-odd years at this point? Like, yeah. you think she'd be back in Fairy Hollow. But whatever. No, she's hanging out with the Lost Boys. And the little... Can they even understand her? I'm not sure. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it, really. Yeah, I mean, in, in the Disney lore, whenever the fairies talk, all, all humans can hear is just a jingling bell. And, like, Peter's the only one who can actually talk to her. But, uh, huh. yeah, when you, in the Tinkerbell movies, all the fairies can talk to each other, and there's this whole... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much of this is just made up completely out of Disney's mind, or how much of it was hinted at in the books, but, like, like Tinkerbell's a tinker fairy, so she fixes things, and she tinkers, which is why her house is like that weird clock with all the gears, because she's a tinker fairy, so she would have just kind of built that off of random stuff that she found laying around. <laughs> she's got a sister, Periwinkle, she's a snow fairy, or a winter fairy, and they make the... It's... Anyway, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna stop now yeah all right let's you know what let's just get into the cast all yeah right. i can't i, I don't we'll want to talk about there. the mermaids anymore so i guess we gotta start with I, do we have to start with robin williams i feel bad we've been tearing this movie apart so this is robin williams again robin williams one of the finest actors of this generation uh one of my personal favorites of all time I, I love his work. I love mm-hmm. about ninety nine percent of everything he did, and that includes Mork and Mindy. <laughs> All right, I was I was just in Disney World. I was wearing a genie shirt specifically because I love Robin Williams. Yeah, and I wanted to honor him by wearing a genie shirt at, at, around Disney World. Uh, he was flat and not funny, and with the brief exception of some ad libbed parts when he was in the uh, the insult duel with Rufio, just was at his worst. And yeah. He, yeah. when you have a guy who's that talented, you, you can't blame Robin. It's not like he couldn't have done anything. It, you got to blame the, the, what he was given. Yeah, I'd say so. And, and you know, the whole thing of him not being able to remember who he is for pretty much yeah. 98% of the film uh, meant that he was playing a watered-down version of his, I don't know, true self or whatever. But uh, And then even once he does kind of become him, himself and he remembers everything, then friggin' Tinkerbell has to remind him, oh, remember you're supposed to save your kids? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So even like, once he's, like, fighting for him, he's like, I want to be her feather. Do and stuff, so yeah. he still can't like him. That was a really, really weird scene. That was a scene where Tinkerbell just up and grew to human size because Wanted to kiss Ju- him. Julia Roberts was tired of acting in front of a blue screen. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. She was Because she didn't interact with any other actor for this entire time, so I'm sure this was her one scene where she actually got to have a part with the lead. Huh. Uh, she was a really weird 
casting choice for me. At least, in, I mean, in, at least in my opinion, I don't. I mean, she's I don't... always kind of a weird casting choice, isn't she? <laughs> There's certain. It's like she. Okay, I've never seen. Um, what's it called? Pretty Woman or whatever. I've never uh-huh. seen that. The Hooker movie, yeah. Huh? The Hooker movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of movies with her. Honestly, I'm not her biggest fan, but there's certain roles where she fits perfectly well. But Tinkerbell, like, it's supposed to be this small little blonde spunky thing. It's not. Yeah, she wasn't even blonde. No, not no. It was just no, so weird. And she wasn't wearing green. And and like, bear in mind yeah. that even if you haven't seen the Peter Pan, it Disney trots out Tinkerbell for everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many movies do they end with Tinkerbell just rolling out and like <laughs> casting a wand? She never has a wand. I don't know why she suddenly has a wand here. Like casting her wand and the whole thing like erupts in this whole thing of pixie dust. Yeah. Which is now pixie dust is really weird. I don't know how it it's supposed to work. Um. <laughs> So here's here's what I do know. Okay, uh, Tinkerbell needs pixie dust to fly, even though she has wings. That's according to Disney. Uh, Peter Pan does not need pixie dust to fly because he learned to fly from Tinkerbell. Uh, that was uh, I've never quite understood that. And they, I mean, the movie at least gets it right where he doesn't need pixie dust to fly. Not sure why Tinkerbell would even need pixie dust to fly, given she's got wings, actual wings. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that's a Disney thing. I don't know. I don't know if that was from the books at all. But uh, it's just it's just kind of weird though, that you know they sprinkle it on stuff and people just start flying. Like, though, isn't the whole point you're supposed to get sprinkled with pixie dust? Then you think a happy thought, and then you can fly. Yeah, in that order. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure why Peter suddenly stopped flying if he knew how to fly. You know, like, because he doesn't need the pixie dust. It's it's established. Even this movie gets it right. Peter Pan does not need pixie dust to fly. He can just fly at will. So how does that just stop? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So I guess it's all wrapped up with his memories, losing his memory stuff. But again, you know, they they don't explain a lot of that until well into the film. Mm. Yeah. I totally derailed you. Sorry. We were still talking about Robin Williams. You know what? We're done talking about Robin Williams. (laughs) You know what? Let's just save it for until we do the What Dreams May Come hero talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that works. All right. And your your old favorite Nick Hart, screenwriter and Michael Myers uh, stand in. (laughs) What? Nick Nick Castle. Castle? Yeah, was the uh, screenwriter for this film. No. Uh, sorry, the story was by Nick Castle. This was a giant Aww. mess with an idiot. All Bless right. you, sir, but no. Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> let, so let's at least let's hit one of the high points of the cast. Uh, Dustin Hoffman as the great and glorious Captain Hook. Uh, hmm. Spot on. I don't know. There's he, he, he looked like Hook. He talked like Hook. He was how I would imagine a live-action Hook would behave. That was it. He was he was creepy when he had to be. He was Captain Hook, the sneaky snook. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was he was very good. I mean, he's an amazing actor. So right, he's a good there's... actor. And then I mean, he looked the part. I mean, to the spot on looked the yes. part. And he behaved like Hook. I mean, even even given how awful some of the the lines he had to say was, and having to send somebody <laughs> to the boo box. And uh, that his hook divined that somebody bet he wouldn't get Peter's. I don't know. Oh, and the bit with him like wanting to kill himself and like he's like oh, like this is this isn't, isn't this a kids film ideally? And he's like, I just want. It was. I have to live for. It was definitely sold as a kids film. However, this was there was some heavy stuff in there. Like, and you got to remember, like Peter's kids, were, like at that baseball game where I think at least three people died in that game. You know, like. Yeah. There's but at a least lot that of... was Slaps dying, and then Rufio, and, <laughs> you know, like, I, I know I'm spoiling the, towards the end of the movie, but, uh, yeah, there's some people dying in this fairly regularly. Just, the balance was, it was just so out of whack. Like, they did, our, everything was so silly, and the Lost Boys attacking with all these weird, there's gumdrops, and there's yeah. this weird sludge that looks like Play-Doh. <laughs> And, you know, it's just, it's so silly. And then a couple of people actually do die. And it's like, what, what are you doing? What's going on? Or did he really just shank him? Like, <laughs> it just felt so out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, what do you want? I, I agree. It was, <laughs> it, it was really weird. The tone of the movie kept shifting to like, oh, it's light and funny and the Lost Boys and they want to have fun and use their imagination. Then people are getting shot and stabbed. And I mean, Rufio mm-hmm. straight up kills some pirates. Yeah, yeah. right before he dies. <laughs> and I want to say at one point, Captain Hook does, doesn't Smee like say like, "Oh, you want to go shoot some Indians? That'll make you feel better." And you're like, "Oh, that's racist. That's yeah. cringeworthy." <laughs> yeah, that's that's. But not yes, right. Dustin Hoffman was a very, very good choice. 
Yeah. Unlike, I think, obviously, Robin Williams. But Yeah. Well, yeah, I, he, Robin Williams would have been a good choice if he'd been able to actually be Robin Williams. I really think that he was stifled. I don't – I mean, I, I have nothing to say to back up that theory other than the fact that it's Robin Williams and, like, nothing could ever contain him. Much right. like Jim Carrey. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they can they can be amazing, serious actors. They both have been in really great movies. Obviously, I would say Robin Williams a little bit more, but – um, you can, it's just, they're, they're, that's who they are. They can't really be contained. So to see Robin Williams in that role, acting yeah. the way he was, talking the way he was, he just felt so suffocated that it didn't even feel like him. No. I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. He did. It was, all right. So let, let's just, let's move on and I will just gloss over Julia Roberts. I think we've spoken <laughs> back to that. I think uh, Bob Hoskins, I think, did a good job as Mr. Smee. Uh, a little more sinister Mr. Smee than people who are maybe more familiar with the Disney version. Yeah. He's he's less bumbling, but he's definitely... I mean, the whole brainwash his kids was his idea. Yeah. Makes him love you. Yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> now, the funny thing is, That's like, this weird. is this all happens over the course of a couple of days, right? Like, that was Three a pretty days. quick brainwash, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. When In the fake school, where the one girl was really upset she got an F, like, is this, mm-hmm. is this really something you're gonna... Is this... She cares that she got an F. Yeah, she was so upset, like, how dare you give me an F? Like, um, really? Honey, you've been kidnapped by a pirate. It's, it's more important things. <laughs> I Priorities, Maggie, come mm-hmm. on, let's let's get with it here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was kind of strange. And also the idea that, like, oh, well, he's overweight, so we need to run him until he's he's not overweight anymore. Like, for, Robin Williams actually wasn't that overweight. No. no. I'm, I'm picturing in my head the fat-shaming people freaking out watching this movie going, like, how dare you say he's so fat? Like, well, yeah. They were going on and on and on. Yeah, about I mean, they talked fat how fat he was. And, and, like, and, and, I, I'm, I remember thinking, like, they really should have made him a lot fatter. Yeah. Plus, you got Boom Boom over there who seems to be <laughs> handling himself quite well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't remember. Is what's his name? Boom, boom. I'm trying to think. Thud, 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 butt. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like my name better. I'm gonna keep it. Boom, boom. <laughs> there's, there's fat, and then there's roll yourself into a freaking ball. Literally. But he's the new the leader bigger. of the Lost Boys at the end of this yeah. movie. Like, so I, again, oh. I don't why they're going off about him being fat because apparently it doesn't really matter. It's Neverland. You could be fat. It's cool. You know, speaking uh, of that, him taking over. Apparently, that was a. Um, now I'm trying to find it, and I can't. Apparently that was kept secret from everyone except for Robin Williams and Spielberg, so that all of the the young actors didn't know who Peter Pan was going to give his sword to at the end. Hmm. So their reactions were apparently genuine. And, and what a payoff it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that just made the film, seeing those little annoying... Uh... You know what? And here's the, the sad thing, though, is that uh, I I kind of liked Rufio, and I thought it would have been a lot better if, if Rufio... Now, granted, Rufio had to die for drama... <laughs> so what kind yeah. of a worthless movie to sacrifice yourself for in the name drama but you know they yeah. didn't have to kill off Rufio but I thought I kind of thought Rufio would have been a better choice to keep alive simply because you know newfound whatever I didn't make the movie and I would have made it better that's right mm-hmm. I'm saying I could do a better job than Steven Spielberg and if you don't think so just go watch Hook and tell me I can't do a better job than Steven Spielberg <laughs> well, not- not to totally derail it, but you know the concept of this film. If we setting aside everything else, the concept is not a bad concept. I think it is interesting to explore the idea of like what would happen if Peter Pan grew up, yeah, etc. I, I just thought the execution was awful across it was. the board. You know, you could have made this an interesting movie, well, and you had seventy million dollars to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, even nobody, even they have Phil Collins to come in and play an inspector. <laughs> I mean, he was a worthless, like, didn't he, like, maybe this is a prank. Like, there are claw marks all over the walls. <laughs> These kids have been taken by a cult there, Inspector Good. How about you get on that? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, who, Maggie Smith is Granny Wendy, the uh, the part she kind of plays in all her movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, possibly the creepiest scene in the whole movie. There was, yeah. <sighs> I don't I mean, I think the, creep, the creepiest creepy scene in the entire the movie has to be when, when Peter kisses the, the sleeping, uh, what's his wife's name? Moira? Yes. Yeah, when oh, Peter kisses yeah. Moira, but like she's still sleeping, it's like, I will give her a real kiss. Like, yeah, she's <laughs> sleeping. That, that's not right. And Wendy just kind of sits there and lets it happen. It's like, um, Wendy, you gonna, you gonna stop in at any that point? That only works in animated movies. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> That's it's it's kind of creepifying, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's minimum a misdemeanor, at a minimum. Jeff, which one would you, were you talking about? 
I was talking about the uh, now. It's not creepy in the later context when you find out that she's actually the real Wendy and that she. Oh, and, you know, is that, okay? It's the one that yeah. freaked me out. The one where she's like remembering him as a young lad and leaning in close and stuff like that. About of course, like that, wishing yeah. that he would have stopped her wedding, yeah. and she's like yeah. pulling him in all close and whispering. Yeah. And all, I, you just get overhearing that she raised him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that she's kind of like. You know, a mom or a grandma, and I don't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it went straight over my head, but at that point, I was still thinking: Is she the wind? Is she Wendy? Is she just this old lady? Is she who exactly is she? Yeah. And when she starts doing that, like, ew, stop it, old lady. That's creepy. It was a little so creepy. Really weird. But it's really it, weird. It, I mean, it's a weird concept. The whole idea that you know she told all her stories about her trips to Neverland to. You know, what's real his name? J.M. Barry. Yeah, J.M. Barry, <laughs> who lived next door, who then stole all those stories and made a ridiculous amount of money. I hope he gave them some kickbacks. Right? Yeah. Seriously. Because <laughs> otherwise, that's a jerk move. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if J.M. Barry's estate had an issue with it or... <laughs> Guess what? We're gonna portray him as a, as a thief and a <laughs> yeah, this this thieving man of intellectual pro- I don't know. It's it's public domain. What can they do about it anymore? Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh. So the kids. Uh. So I, I looked up and Maggie and and Jack. Maggie Smith has only been in one other thing, and that was in 1995. She was a voice actor in something called The American Experience. Yeah. And then and then I think she just left acting altogether. Uh, I actually looked her up because I thought she looked so familiar. She looks a lot like another actress around her age in some movie I've seen, and it was driving me nuts. But I'm like, I know her. What's she from? And then I look it up, and yeah, she's been in one other thing. She must have just up and... I don't know. She, I mean, she had to have just. Her from uh, acting or something. Yeah, she must have just up and left because she. I mean, just left. And uh, so I did. I did try to look up some stuff about her, not to be all creepyish, but uh, <laughs> I do know that she uh, she graduated from Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, in the class of 2006, and she was <laughs> a member of the Delta Psi Epsilon sorority. So Ooh, fascinating. Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> you can thank IMDb for those two little tidbits because I'm taking them as fact. <laughs> Uh, see, Jack, uh, played by Charlie Cosmo. Yeah, I should play Amber Scott played Maggie. Charlie yeah. Cosmo played Jack. Uh, I swear I've seen him in a hundred things. He's the kid in Dick Tracy. He is the kid in Dick Tracy. He is. That's right. right. Yeah. Which was before this in matter, yeah. wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. Dick I Tracy guess. was 1990. Yeah. So he was, oh. that was before this. He was in What About Bob? <laughs> He was, okay. and then he was in Hook, and then he has no other credits uh, until 98 when uh, he was in Can't Hardly Wait. Wow. You know, it's funny. Uh, much like the kid who played Chunk in Goonies, he grew up to be a lawyer <laughs> and is not, not an actor anymore. Oh, good for him. Do you, do you, know, do you know where he graduated? Uh, That's what we're saying now. We're saying where these people went. I'm going to see if I can look it up for you, Ken. That's uh, MIT and Yale Law School. <laughs> Huh. Well, Interesting. Good for him. All right, then. He's from Fargo, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> of all places. He had a 4.0 average in physics from MIT. Wow. And also, these days, he likes to go by Charles, of course. So, Charles, <sighs> okay. we remember that. We're looking out for you. Uh, let's see. Anyone else in the cast I really want to talk about? Uh, Moira's There's played by Caroline here. Goodall. Oh. I have no idea who that is. I don't remember her from stuff. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I see she was in Schindler's List, but she apparently didn't leave that great of a impression on me. Cliffhanger. Mm. Um, sure. Princess Diaries. I think I saw that. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I know I've seen that. I don't remember who she is. There we go. All right. So, congratulations, Caroline Goodall. Is... <laughs> Um, now, didn't Carrie Fisher and George Lucas have a cameo in this? Yeah, apparently they were walking outdoors or something. I, I never saw them, though. I, I, I don't know what this is apparently a reference to. Apparently there's some kind of a couple couple that starts floating. I was just reading about that, actually. I but don't I, I, don't, I, I don't remember ever seeing that happen in the movie. That's a I thing. I don't either. I watched the movie, then I, I read that. Today. I read that little <laughs> note, and I'm like, I don't, I don't remember a couple ever accidentally flew. I remember somebody looking up at Toodles when he was flying away, like at the very end. Maybe which that's is, it. I got, yeah, I don't know. I gotta say though, every time somebody does this, and this is not just in this movie, but like in any time when somebody gets like the pixie dust and they start flying. The first thing I think of, because they all start flying so high, I'm like, man, you do not want to be up that high when that pixie dust runs out. <laughs> like, it, I never see it portrayed as this gradual, you eventually stop flying and you descend, 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 and you're on the ground. Like, it's, like, usually it just stops and then you fall. 
I'm like, you, you really gotta watch out for that, because I keep thinking, like, I wanna be way up high when the pixie dust runs out, but it must last a while. A little sprinkle was able to take him straight to Neverland. What is it, second star on the left, and straight on till morning? Is that what they say? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's yeah. in, uh, that's in Wrath of Khan, too. <laughs> right at the end. Yes, right. Well, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this is a thing, but now that I see it, I can't unsee it. Glenn Close played the pirate that got put in the box, the punishment box. What? What do you mean, Glenn Close? Glenn Close. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> okay. uh, is now, there a granted, different Glenn Close that I'm not familiar with? <laughs> now, granted, I'm looking at Wikipedia, and I've it's not. Well, like then I've it's real. It's fact. It but I, now that I see it, I'm picturing the beard on her face and. I, I can't. I mean, I remember I, thinking it kind of looked like a woman, but... Alright, so let's go to it's Google. It's not like I thought Glenn Close. <laughs> I'm going to type Glenn... What? What's the story here? Close. She just want to be in it that bad with no more female roles? Booba. Alright, so there. You all heard me typing. Glenn Close Pirate Boobox. <laughs> Let's, now I let's see. go. To, let's go to images and holy cow, that's that's Glenn Close. Why? That is Glenn Close. What? What in the? What the what? That's. Huh. Why would? Oh, this is kind of weird. Did she just want in the movie this badly that she's like, okay, there's no more women characters left. I'll just take whatever you got, Stephen. Like, oh wow. Um, huh. Apparently that that not to completely divert you back, but that Carrie Fisher cameo. It says the kissing couple who begin to float when some fairy dust lands on them are actually George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Oh, they were kissing? That makes it Kissing. Yeah. I know. I can't sorry. imagine any living creature kissing George Lucas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just don't imagine him as an organism that that engages in any contact with the opposite sex or the same sex, to be perfectly honest. Either there's one. A, there's a ridiculous rock and roll connection that we've got to uh, we've got to cover. Yes, here I just read that, cast. by the way. Oh, I can't well, believe this. Yep, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> more, more than Phil Collins. Yeah, more than Phil Collins, all right. All right. And I spotted one of them. Yeah. David Crosby and Jimmy Buffett were in Hook's Fire Crew. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I was going to say something else. I didn't know There's... that. No. Yes. Holy <laughs> cow. David, David Crosby, I spotted myself. I didn't see Jimmy Buffett, but now I've read it to the list. Do you, Jeff, earlier you told me that there were certain parts of Hook that reminded you of another god-awful movie that made me want to slam my head into a wall. Do you remember what that was? <laughs> oh, uh, la- it was Labyrinth. There Do were you actually know a who lot turned of- down the role of James Hook? Who? Oh David my god, Bowie? was it Bowie. David Bowie? Oh, wow. Oh, Bowie would have been so horrible as Hook. <laughs> the the, the one highlight so of the film is Dustin Hoffman, so let's... Yeah. Could have been Holy so much cow. worse. My, my oh, point man. to Jen was... And, you like, remind me of the bait. Of, <laughs> there were a lot of little things about this film that reminded me of Labyrinth. The, the little bit with the window and the lock, the... Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the <laughs> There was a bit where the kids were all dressed up in their wicker and rattan armor, running around with these weird guns. I was like, this is the goblin scene in the city all over again. <laughs> you know, little little stuff like that that just, uh, that just reminded me in a bad way of, of Lab. Um, now, fortunately, there was no music to go with it as well, but uh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess one more person, and I'm going to put the cast to bed. Is this was Gwyneth Paltrow's yes. uh, feature film debut? Uh, see, Steven Spielberg's her godfather. So whenever yeah. you hear Gwyneth Paltrow oh, talk about, that. yeah, so he gave her her big break. So whenever she talks about like trying to break into this business and how she had to pull herself up and work for it, and let's let's just not forget that she actually made her big break because Steven Spielberg is her godfather, and that every person <laughs> hiring her knows that Steven Spielberg is her godfather. So yeah. Gwyneth mm. Paltrow. And I know I'm very hard on Gwyneth Paltrow and Hero Talk, and I'm really hoping she will listen and better herself. <laughs> that's that's my goal. That's the in- I, I started Hero Talk for one reason and one reason only, and that was to better Gwyneth Paltrow. That's not none, none of that is actually true. I didn't even start <laughs> Hero Talk. So just, all all of all of that was is just gibberish. All right, so we're we're done. We're done with, uh, oh man, no, we got one more person, one more person. Oh, you go ahead. Dante Bosco is, we almost forgot him. So I'm looking at his IMDb page. Uh He apparently went into like voice acting and like character roles and he has worked basically nonstop since Hook. Really? Good friend. Like not, like look, look at his IMDb page. You have to go like three fifths of the way down the page to even make it to Hook. Hmm. And, and bearing in mind that Hook's not even the only thing that he has out in 1991. And then he's got a couple of projects in 93. I saw and then that like, he was in little shows like Fresh Prince and yeah. not, not that that's he a like, little show, but like Wonder Years. Yeah. And like he made a lot of little episode 
Yeah, he did, he did too. a lot of voice acting. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, a lot of voice acting for uh, some Nickelodeon and I think some Disney shows in there. Uh-oh. Disney Junior? Uh, nothing that I recognize <laughs> from Disney Junior, to be honest. I looked for it. Shucks. I looked for it. But he was like Jake Long, American Ninja, and I don't think that was a Disney Junior show. At least well before I started listening to it. But he was uh, Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> so that's a yeah. pretty, pretty big role because that's like the main antagonist and then... Not antagonist? I don't know. Weird thing to start spoiling that right now in Hero Talk, but interesting. <laughs> he was Zoo. I mean, so he's been in a ton of stuff. He's, I think between this and the Avatar royalty checks, I think he's good. I don't think he's got to worry about working anytime soon. <laughs> but yet he continues to work. I mean, he has, he has at least four up, five upcoming projects already in IMDb that are coming out wow. with him. So a, a working actor, if there ever was one. So I'm really <laughs> glad the curse didn't hit him. In that, <laughs> yeah. But the one bright spot, I suppose. I, the, the funny thing is, like, you can't even say, like, oh, this was his debut, because he's got acting credits that go all the way back to 88. Wow. Yeah, he was in Moonwalker. He was in Moonwalker, <laughs> Jeff. Oh, really? He was. Holy cow. Oh, boy. That will never be a hero talk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if Hero Talk goes on for like 20 years and I'm really hard up for movies, maybe we'll do Moonwalk. We'll get desperate one day. Yeah, all right. So let's let's now... One more thing about the cast. Okay. Oh, no. Apparently, Dustin Hoffman's... All three of his kids made appearances in the movie. Did you guys know this? I did not know. His youngest son plays five-year-old Peter Pan. His daughter plays Jane in the play at the beginning of the movie. And his oldest son plays a little league player in Jack's baseball game. So he got all three of his kids in this movie. Man, this movie's just rife with nepotism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure is. All Sorry, right. I had to mention We're that. We're done. Go no ahead. more cast. No more cast. Let's talk about this stunning story work. Ah. So why 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 would Hook, first of all, why why does Hook have to wait for Peter to come to London to take his kids? Why would that matter? Why couldn't he just go to San Francisco to take his kids? Or how would he even know he was coming to London? It was like he had like it, it, like a Google alert, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Then he knows, and he takes his kids to try to bring him out to to have a battle. Like, why don't you just take Peter? And and then and you know what? Let's let's start with something that really 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 bothered me. So Tinkerbell knocks out Peter to take him to Neverland, you know, because he didn't want to go on his own. Mm-hmm. So so Tinkerbell knocks him out, and she takes him to the middle of Pirate Cove. Yeah. Why, yeah. why Why did you take him to Pirate Cove? Why didn't you just take him to the Lost Boys? Why would you drop him in a place where he would be in danger? It's almost like like if somebody were to take Tinkerbell and say, Tink, why did you drop him? Or she'd be like, because that was what was in the script. That was the next scene. Is that there's he no, had to, There's no yeah. reason. Mm-mm. It's stupid. And it's just <laughs> almost just to make Peter do his pirate voice thing. He immediately gets jumped for his shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's the whole, like, he's reaching up and he's like, oh, just touch his hand. Like, why won't he reach? Why won't he reach? Like, Jack, seriously, right now? Like, this is, this is movie's so stupid. Yeah. It was it was a really ridiculous scene that was just supposed to set up like oh well you give us three days and you'll have your epic war and then he's so mad he didn't just shoot him and I'm sitting there watching Hook going like yeah why didn't you just shoot him what was your did you really want the big epic war I thought you I mean the 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 Lost Boys seemed to do a pretty good job without Peter leading them quite frankly mm-hmm. I don't I just I never really understood Hook's full motivation and then I mean he just tries to transform Jack then with that really weird baseball game, which I can't talk about. Thank you, Sam Sins. <laughs> but then, I mean, didn't, it almost seemed like Jack straight up forgot Peter. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I think that there's like some, they're implying that like Neverland makes you forget. Yeah. Or has the ability to do that. Although the film's rarely internally consistent about anything. So who knows? Yeah, I guess. I mean, after TikTok Croc was still stuffed, but still eight, eight hooks. So, <laughs> Since we're jumping around and we're paying no real attention to the chronology of the story, what the the whole Rufio fight, like, didn't it seem like every movie in the 90s kind of had that that fight where, like, the secondary character would fight the main bad guy and then died so as to motivate the primary uh-huh. character? Like, it was so overdone that I remember even as a child watching this in 91 thinking, oh, Rufio's gonna die. <laughs> like he's not gonna win. He's just gonna die because he's Hook, and Peter Pan yeah. has to beat Hook. So the, why even set this yeah. up for any reason oh. other than to kill Rufio? Yeah. Well, he's just not bangerang enough in the end. And bangerang. Yeah, someone had, someone had to die. Yeah. I wonder if that's in the source material. <sighs> but 
It's kind of weird because you know you have Rufio, who's actually kind of an older kid because you can't kill like you imagine if you kill one of those young kids like (laughs) you'd lose your rating right there. So they got to kill like the adult looking kid. Yeah, with the weird hair as, and then. The fight, like, if you actually pay attention to the fight with Hook and Peter, it's not entertaining or fun at all. It's No. And it's drawn out, and it goes on forever. And like, this this should have been, like, a 15-second a, a thing. I don't know. It could have been. Yeah. Easily. I mean, considering how much time they had spent drawing out everything else in the movie, why they had to draw out this, I, I don't know. I remember liking this movie so much when I saw it in the theaters. And I haven't seen it since then. Like, this is the first time since 1991 I've seen the movie Hook. Wow. In, in any way. I don't think I've even caught it on TV. Although, like, two days after I watched it on Netflix, it was on BBC America. And so I was like, wow, what are the chances? But I, yes. I don't know. It just, it didn't hold up. And so, Jen, you, you seeing this for the first time, mm-hmm. I, was, did, yeah. did it look dated or what? Like, did you just think like, oh, well, I could see how this is a 90s film where we just like, I guess it's, what? Like, explain to me, how could I like it, it and then not like it? I think it did feel pretty dated. I feel like a lot of the set design and the costumes, it, I mean, it's so weird to say it feels dated because, of course, it does. It's like pirate land. Yeah. But to me, the the movie itself feels very dated. It doesn't, it's just not something that could hold up. It didn't feel quite timeless. It felt very stylized. Yeah. Well, those cell phones yeah. like, were obviously very, very nice. <laughs> yes. yes, very, very. It just, you know, to me, Neverland in general just looks very, very wrong. And I know, I get why you guys are saying that you, you liked parts of it at least. But when I picture Neverland, I picture more of a like classic pirate island, something you would come across in, you know, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It didn't feel that way to me. It didn't feel like this lush pirate island vibrant green it just mm-hmm. it felt like a bad set it really did like and... a really bad like dock set <laughs> yes yeah. yeah i mean it's it, hard to picture was... where the 70 million went you know like even the pirate the CGI, ship but yeah, there was the, the jolly but... roger which i don't think we ever got to see underway did we no it was a docked the whole freaking movie yeah the jolly roger was docked the entire time <laughs> Like, it's just let that sink too, in right there. I completely there. lost the pirate. Like, I, I love pirate stuff. I always have. I don't even know why. Did, did they, they fire they a cannon in of the that. whole film? No. <laughs> no. No, other than the fact that, I mean, the, the ship was just another place to have a set. But, like, he never he never did anything. He wasn't out looking for treasure. Now, bear in mind, I watch Jake and the Neverland Pirates, now Captain Jake and the Neverland Pirates, on Disney Junior. And Hook is always out doing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always out looking for treasure. That's his thing. He never wants to be in port. He's constantly looking for treasure. That's his thing. He loves treasure. The great and glorious Captain Hook wants his treasure. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, you didn't see any of that. I mean, so it's kind of sad when the Disney Junior show seems to get Hook a little <laughs> bit better than yeah. the movie Hook does. And also, on that show, he's got these two musical crewmates, Sharky and Bones, who are really fun, and they, they sing great songs and they do pirate rock. Uh, and I missed, I missed, I missed Sharky and Bones, to be honest. <laughs> to me, the, the, the classic 1953, I believe, Disney cartoon feels less dated than this one. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I would agree with honestly. that. No, I'll say I was it's timeless. I was in love with Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates, which in terms of look and feel was a, a world away from this. Um Should check mean, that out. I mean, it doesn't Hook doesn't look like Hook. They changed his look, they changed Peter's look, they changed Wendy's look. They they were really trying to not look like the Disney flick. And I was a huge fan of that. And in fact, I love they portrayed Captain Hook he was actually a lot more stand up and he wasn't necessarily always a bad guy hmm. they they portrayed him as like being fairly noble it was it was oh, a wow. re- it was a really nice take on him a uh, voiced by tim curry oh it was I love huh. him. yeah so i mean that was no you can't you can't find it anywhere like they it never got a dvd release oh, it's not that's a, a shame. Oh, really? like you can maybe find some old vhs's i think or i think maybe you could probably find somebody who burned some of it to dvd but like it's there's nowhere is the whole series preserved somewhere which is a shame cuz i think yeah. that's probably my favorite portrayal of of peter pan and it's certainly my favorite portrayal of captain hook not that i want to you know down Dustin Hoffman, or I think Corey Burton's currently doing his voice on Disney Junior. Take a shot, but I, <laughs> I, I just I think Tim Curry is probably my favorite 
Captain Hook, and, and they, they did it better. So, you know, this was a world away from that. But again, I recognized most everything from other various incarnations of Hook. I, um... I'm I'm really having a hard time trying to think where the bright spots were. The Lost Boys and their whole little village and world thing was a mess. The whole mm -hmm. Julia Roberts trying to interact with people from her blue screen set was... I mean, it, it looked disjointed. It really, really yeah. did. You know, it's like everyone's doing yeah. stuff and then you just show, like, Tinkerbell in some hole somewhere giving a reaction shot to it. <laughs> uh, the, the Lost Boys training was kind of odd and there was... I don't like the skateboarding was um yeah stupid I guess I don't they, oh yeah they have a skating rink like they're and when when they're chasing punks. them back and forth on the half pipe like dude seriously <laughs> just leave the half pipe this is not this isn't hard it was it was so and drawn out and then and then it took them in my opinion way too long to figure out a happy thought like I don't care how overworked you are like you can get a happy thought. You have a wife and two kids. You have a yeah. wife and two kids. He's like, I finally figured out my happy thought. It was you. Yeah, yeah. It took him two days to think, huh, I wonder if my son makes me happy. <laughs> that's that's not a plus thought, sign here, Peter. Yeah. That's That should be a yeah. little embarrassing for you. All right, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask real, really briefly before we we finish up hero talk with the usuals. Okay. Jeff, did you did you have any bright spots in this where you were really looking at and thinking like this this preserves the memory of this movie? No, not really. Uh, okay. I yeah, mean, that's about what I thought. I, I mean, I I remember when they showed the island from above and there were, there was the uh, <laughs> the compass floating in the the compass point floating in the water. I was like, hey, that's funny. Like, <laughs> you know, it kind of underlines the fact well. that this is this magical place or whatever. But like thinking about it after the fact, that's about the only <laughs> time I had that reaction. Oh, All right, no. so the little compass thing in the water, awesome. All right, so Jen, any yeah. any any bright spots in this for you? Anywhere that you really think that we need to highlight where they got it right? There's only one thing that I kind of liked. It absolutely does not redeem the movie for me, but it's something that I, I saw some some good in it. But I was going to mention that as my favorite scene. So should I save it? <laughs> yeah, just save it. Ruin. Okay, just save it. There's, we need all we can get. There's only one part I liked and. I need to save it for when I have to say the one thing. All right. So let's get to our favorite scenes. And, and also, while we're talking, guys, start thinking in your heads, because we're going to have a least favorite scene in this one, too. I think oh, this no. movie more than earned it. Yeah. So, we should, um, actually. So, Jen, since we were already on you, just start with you. What was your favorite favorite part of, of Hook? My favorite part, I feel like you guys may laugh at this, but I have a reason here. Okay. I think my favorite part was kind of the happy end where he goes in the house and the kids are there and it's kind of this happy reunion. Jen, he's lost his job. He he can no longer maintain the lifestyle they had. They're going to be homeless. He 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 ruined no. that deal. He is now unhireable. Yeah. That's your owls, happy ending? Those owls will be fornicating wherever they want up and down the western seaboard. And let's be perfectly honest. His cellular bill is going to bankrupt them. <laughs> It was on for three nope. straight days roaming in London. <laughs> That's going to be like a $30,000 bill. You know, you can tell it's the 90s because his battery didn't die in like five hours. That's not a smartphone. Yeah. Um, no, here's the thing. It's very, very cheesy. But that scene, there's there's a little bit of a magic from Robin Williams that shows through in that scene. I feel like he kind of comes alive for the only few moments in that whole movie. And that kind of gave me a little fuzzy feeling because I absolutely adore him. And I know this isn't like the tribute to him and we're going to properly, you know, cover that later in another one. But he kind of lights up and he's like, what did I tell you about this window? And he's like, always keep it open. That moment he feels like he feels like Robin Williams. And I was like, oh, and th yeah. that's why it's my favorite scene. <laughs> we'll that. That's all I got. There's just, there was something about him that right. was actually able to shine through. So that's why I like that scene. That's as good a reason as any. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff, what was your favorite part of Hook? Uh, look at the risk of stealing yours. Uh, when the, when the, when the guy was trying to steal second base in the pirate <laughs> game and the catcher shot him, I actually did laugh out loud. That was, yeah. that was pretty good. I, uh, uh well, yeah. I've, well, I have forsworn making the references to that baseball scene because CinemaSin stole it from me and I'm still <laughs> mad about that. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. 
I'm I'm gonna have to say my favorite part of the movie, and we we kind of maligned this scene earlier, but it actually still was probably the most entertaining scene for me. Was right after Peter quote unquote escaped, or they thought he died, but then the mermaid saved him or whatever. There's the scene where where Hook is talking to to Mr. Smee, and they're back and forth in the hole. I'm gonna shoot myself. Don't you stop me, Smee? Don't do it. And it was I love it because it's so classic Smee and Hook, you know, without the suicide implication. <laughs> But it was, I mean, it just was funny seeing them act off each other. And plus, I yeah. love Bob Hoskins. And yeah. he's he's so, we haven't really brought him up a whole lot in this movie. But he was one of the, I mean, Bob Hoskins and Dustin Hoffman, those were the two shining beacons of competence in this movie. And it was their big scene together, just with yeah. each other, just being able to play off each other. And it was it was entertaining to watch. And I, I love Bob Hoskins. I love him even in the movies he's bad in. And Hook is no exception. It's a horrible movie. And he's, he's still my favorite thing to look at a one of the finest actors of our time i can't say enough good things about him um, i'm so glad we've done roger rabbit and we could pay him tribute because this was not going to be his either but uh <laughs> but no i just i just yeah. love seeing bob hoskins He's and great. dustin hoffman work off each other yeah. and that was and that was their big scene and it was really entertaining for me so that's my favorite just a quick uh, note about competency. Dustin Hoffman was actually nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor for this film. He, yes, he absolutely lo- should have lost, been. Yeah. He lost to Robin Williams for The Fisher King, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which was, which is which I really like that film. And I yeah. and uh, you know if he was going to lose to somebody, it might as well be Robin I, Williams for a good Robin Williams. Film. Yeah, it's nice to kind of remind people every now and then that Robin Williams is actually an extremely competent actor. Like uh, Julie, far, far Julie. beyond just like the laughing and the noises and the, and the the riffing and stuff like that, he was uh, phenomenally talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of not phenomenally talented, Julia Roberts uh, got a Golden Raspberry uh, nomination for worst supporting actress for this. Oh. Yeah, that that sounds about right. It does. It also, was... uh, apparently, this was a John Williams score. Did you get John Williams from? I knew any it was John Williams, but man, I'm telling you, this was just. It really felt like he was just using some stuff that he had like written that didn't work for something. You know what? Like, like some you stuff know, like he tried to write for Superman. He was like, "Oh, this is this is awful. I can't use this." And then like one day, like Spielberg calls him. He's like, "I I need a I need a a grand soundtrack." He's like, "Um, well, shoot, I can give him that old failed Superman thing that was just too awful that I couldn't possibly give to Warner Brothers." Well, I remember while I was watching it, thinking this sounds like the music from something, and it was I can't. <laughs> can't remember what movie now but it makes sense that it's actually someone who yeah mm. yeah who's very famous but yeah maybe it was like scraps from another, from another movie it, it really does it felt a lot like remember when we were talking about danny elfman doing batman returns and it was just like he just pulled the scraps from beetlejuice <laughs> and yeah. just threw it up there that's what this kind of felt like it was the scraps from superman that he just chucked up there he's like yeah grand flying sure it's the same stuff the same tones i don't i don't gotta be crazy about it all right so now we're going to talk about our least favorite scenes uh and jeff just to be different, I'll start with you. What was your least favorite part of Hook? The uh, imaginary meal. Just I, I, I was, I was just so over this film by that point, <laughs> and, that, and that just it, it was just piling, you know, yeah. awfulness on top of awfulness, and and then you get, you, you know, these child actors got to work with, you know, miming basically, and it just. It was uh, insufferably bad. They were terrible mimers. Like, the kid eating corn, I'm like, I don't believe for one second you're actually eating that corn. <laughs> yeah. These were the takes they kept, apparently. Yeah. That was, and then what was the, st- like, I'm pretty sure there was just a bowl of pink, <laughs> pink goo. I know what, what you're talking about. What the heck was that? <laughs> like, what are you, what is that you're supposed to be eating? That doesn't look good at all. <laughs> that looks <laughs> disgusting. I don't know. Listen, the turkey leg, I get. The corn, I get. The rolls, I get. The the weird pink and, and like, turquoise Lime green and yellow and... I don't know. It was it like food like... coloring and shaving cream is what it looked like. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of mashed potatoes and some Play-Doh for good measure. Yeah. It, it was a nasty combination. <laughs> I don't know what it was or what it was made of. I, I cannot think of a single age in my entire life where that would have been what I would have imagined myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Yeah. All right. That's very well done. All right, Jen, what was your least favorite part of Hook? <sighs> You know, honestly, I, I really dislike the whole movie, so it's really hard to pick one. So I'm uh-huh. going to say that 
For me, the fact that I actually did know how long this movie was going to be going into it because it's somebody so wanted long. to tell me. But it's so long. <laughs> I knew going into it that it was going to be freaking long. <laughs> I had to censor myself, sorry. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, when you, when you start off, you need something to – I was going to say hook you in. <laughs> Get it? Uh, I see what you did there. There's a Captain Hook, that sneaky <laughs> snook. You have you, something has to grab you early on when a movie's this long. You have to get interested. You have to care. And the beginning was so god awful with them making Robin Williams look like a really bad dad and really annoying. The kids were on, on like just completely under my skin. They were so annoying to me. The wife was like non-existent. I barely remember even seeing her. She had no life to her. The whole beginning of the movie, leading up to all the fantasy, was just so flat and so boring and confusing at parts that I really feel like the start of it is what kind of leads you off track in some way. So I probably just the scene of Robin Williams at work and then driving to the park to see that he missed the game and he's just standing there. That whole sequence just bugged the Jesus out of me. Yeah, I could see that. And then the punk kid with his sorry, I'm just gonna keep going. Okay. With yeah. his with his baseball slamming it against the pl- I would have slapped that kid. I'm terrified of flying too. So if someone was banging a baseball up against a window, I, I yeah. Well, it was a late <laughs> night flight, wasn't it? Like people are trying to sleep. That's just plain rude. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, or was uh, it TSA? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't get away with that today. I'll tell you that much. No. And isn't it that you're just reminding me of the flight? Like, isn't there this weird part where the daughter draws, like, the plane going down in a fiery wreck and, like, yeah. Mommy the- and Jack and Maggie all have parachutes, but then, like, like Peter's just falling and dying? Yeah. I think it was the boy that did it, because yeah. wasn't he asking? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was the girl son. who drew that. Like, Well, she was holding it up, but then I remember oh. Peter asking the son, why didn't you give me a light? Uh, huh. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Either way, it's either way, that really was pretty disturbing. Up. Let's be honest, that was that was kind of jacked up, just to kind of it was really drive the point home. I yeah, I got it. They don't like them. I get it. They want you dead. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's, that's messed up. All right, so my least favorite part has got, and we we've already mentioned it, but this is seriously my least favorite part is when Tinkerbell suddenly makes herself big, and then. <laughs> She kisses Peter, who at this point is now, has the mentality of, like, the 10-year-old Peter. So let's try to wrap your head around adult Tinkerbell 10-year-old Peter for a second. Then let's remember that this is also, she's the fairy that kidnapped him as an infant. He didn't run away. He says he ran away. He kind of rolled away. Worst mother ever. You know, yeah, like she he didn't ro- see him rolling away. Yeah, I didn't see him. Didn't go after him. Like he was, he was just laying in the middle in the rain. Like it started raining. The ladies clearly didn't stay on that park bench. She's like, "Oh, my kid rolled away. Ta ta. <laughs> let's go have tea." I don't know why I made her say that. Afternoon but, tea. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tinkerbell like kidnaps him, which I guess is probably better than letting him die on account of he's an, uh, an infant and can't actually do anything about taking care of himself. But you know, it's it just is as creepy as it was when Wendy was kind of like, oh, you were in love with me, and she raised him as a kid. This is Tinkerbell actually literally raised him since he was a little kid, would have had to have changed diapers, and now as an adult man with the mentality of a 10-year-old, she's always <laughs> wanted to kiss him. And it was just, it, it, oh, it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. It was just so wrong. It was There was a lot of creepy stuff in this movie. Like, this is, I mean, we have old Wendy kind of into Peter a little bit. We have Peter kissing <laughs> sleeping Moira which is, again, a misdemeanor, at, at least. <laughs> and then we have, like, the whole Tinkerbell kidnapped, falling in love with 10-year-old Peter Pan. It's, yeah. It is, uh, uh, So, yeah. I, I would I would say the, uh, yeah, that's that was, of all the, the, the creepiness in this movie, that was the creepiest, mm-hmm. and it just kind of makes me uncomfortable watching it now. Yes, I agree. So that's my least favorite part. So now we got to give the sucker a score. Oh, man. <sighs> all right, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. All right, on this, one imaginary bowl of multicolored slop <laughs> out of five. Yeah. I started with you because I thought you were going to go to the multicolored slop, and I thought if he does, I need to have the extra time to think up a new one so jen <laughs> what would you give uh what would you give Hook? you know i normally give it more of a uh a, a number rating like jeff just did mm-hmm. but i i couldn't even muster up the energy so i'm just gonna give this one uh one boo out of a box <laughs> boo out of a box yep that's fine 
That'll do. That'll do. Um, I'm going to give this movie a dead stop TikTok croc. <laughs> yes. Period. I, I think that's about what I would describe. If somebody ever said, what do you think of Hook? I'm going to say a dead stuff TikTok croc. And like, <laughs> the end. That doesn't make any sense. Like, there you go. You got the Hook experience. <laughs> All right. I like that Mercifully, one. this one's over. Yeah. Oh, man. We need to do a good movie. This is, this, we're, we're in a, we're in a bad streak right now. And I get the streaks and I'm like, oh, I gotta quit Hero Talk. I can't keep wasting my life on this movie. No, we still got a list of good movies or movies that I know everyone else loves that I haven't seen yet, like that Galaxy Quest that we need to get to. So we have, we have brighter yeah, things ahead we, of us. We do. We, we need to get to one of those. Stick with us, guys. I, I cannot, I cannot do another one of these movies. And I can't I, I'm gonna lose listeners. I seriously am gonna lose listeners because nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> All right, so um, happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are celebrating, uh, and for those of you who are not, just be thankful that you got to just listen to us talk about Hook and not watch it yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're welcome. Yeah, we we took that bullet for you. Took the bullet for you. All right, so uh, Jeff, Jen, uh, thanks for coming on Hero Talk. Jen, sorry that you saw Hook finally. (laughs) I forgive you. Thanks for having me again. All right. Um. (laughs) For those of you out there listening, I want to thank you all for sticking with us for this. If you have a movie you want to see, or if you just want to ask us a question, you can email at herotalk at enthusiacs.com. Because right now, it's basically, I'm getting a lot of ads for, like, human growth hormone and baby Lojack, (laughs) and something today about some weird new military technology that's been released. I just got to click this weird, creepy link (laughs) sent from some man named G. Uh, I don't think I'm going to click that link, honestly. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, so you can email at herotalkatenthusiacs.com. You can check us out on Twitter, that is at Enthusiacs. Check us out YouTube, Enthusiacs. We are on Facebook, Enthusiacs. Still not on Instagram. And as always, we will see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. Hero Talk.